Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast, and today we're here to talk about last night's game where the Heat ended up losing to the Magic. For these type of podcasts, it's better to do it well after the game ends because we know like some fans will overreact when the second the game ends, and it might cause some type of reaction that really isn't necessary. So because of that, you know, over 12 hours after the game ends, I want to ask you guys, how do you feel about what happened last night? Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Um, this is Wild speaking, by the way. Um, so I, I think what you said there is crucial. Um, it, it's so important not to overreact. Uh, first and foremost, because there was barely any training camp and barely any preseason. Um, one of the main issues we saw last night was just people were out of sync. People, you know, passes were errant. People weren't catching passes. You know, those turnovers are something that just just by nature of us playing some more games will clean itself up. Um, but, you know, it's the magic, too. <laughs> you know, we had to kind of expect this. You know, every time we seem to play them, um, they come out of the woodworks and, you know, they're guys like Fournier and, and Ross. They just dominate us. So I, I'm not feeling too worried whatsoever. Um I, I think there were some positives from the game last night, mainly, you know, Precious getting early, early minutes and, and being productive and obviously seeing Goron being, you know, being able to go out there and be OK. Uh, that was huge. You know, we were worried about him and he looked pretty mobile last night. So I, I think there were some positives for sure. Right. And this is Jake Wild, by the way, for those who are listening. So and then also we have our, our guy Quake. And then Clutch Miami PE on the pod as well. Say what's up, guys. What's up, yo? All right. So, Quake, Clutch, how do you guys feel about the game? Uh, I'll um, go. All right, go ahead. All right. So, what's going on, everybody? It's Quake, uh, a.k.a. at the Earthquake 3 on Twitter. Um, I agree with much of what uh, Jake said uh, previously, that uh, – People should not be overreacting to this one game. I, I know that the the sky was falling in the uh, Heat versus World chat uh, last night, but <laughs> it's nothing to it's nothing that we should uh, be uh, overreacting to. Uh, I wouldn't. I nobody should be surprised if the Heat get to a sl- get off to a slow start this season. Uh, in my opinion, considering that we're coming off of uh, just seventy one days of of rest, you know, the Heat and the Lakers both compared to everybody else. So uh, nobody should be surprised if the Heat get off to a slow start this season. I think the one thing that you should take away from uh, last night is that Jay Crowder's three-point shooting at the power forward position will be more so than anything else. Uh, right. Mo Harkless, for what he brings defensively, he's not a volume three-point shooter. He never has been. And I don't expect – that the Heat will be able to turn him into one. Uh, Casey Akpala obviously didn't play last night, so uh, he might not, Spolstra might not think that he's ready for uh, minutes right at this point in the season. So that's something that we're going to have to uh, watch out for as the season progresses. Uh, if that stretch four position needs to be addressed uh, at the trade deadline or via the uh, buyout market. And, you know, quick thing to hop on for, and it's like people got to understand, like some of our players might not be ready. Like, as you said, you know, that that was might be the deal for KZ. And then a lot of people were wondering why Avery Bradley wasn't in. I mean, people have to remember, he didn't play in the bubble. So for him, the last time, you know, he played like an actual regular season game was like back in March. So that he might not be ready either. So that's something important to acknowledge. Yep, that's a great point. Bradley probably sat out due to uh, conditioning, if anything, which, right. is, which, is, which is fine. I mean, everybody is expecting at some point Avery Bradley to be uh, an integral piece of this rotation. So uh, right. we shouldn't take this one game as uh, an indication that he's not going to play at all. Right. Then, Clutch, what about you? Right. So, the game yesterday was – it was what it is every year, and I don't know why we can't get over that hump. Every time we go on the road to Orlando in the first game of the season, we cannot pull it out, and Terrence Ross turns into 
Steph Curry from 2017. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then you also got to think, like, a lot was working against us. Jimmy did not play in the preseason. This was his first game, and he's getting 35 minutes. He started off, right. like, I think he started off two for seven, something like that, from the field. Then in the third quarter, he started, like, he started talking trash to people. It was, you started to see Jimmy again. But, by, right. but he still couldn't get in a rhythm. He had what? He had seven steals, career high and all that, perfect. But he had six turnovers. The, the, the guys on our team, like, the most important pieces right now on our team are what? Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic. Other than Goran, everybody had at least four turnovers. Tyler had four, Jimmy had six, and Bam, which surprised the hell out of me after I saw it, had seven. So, like, we can't win. We're not going to win a lot of games like that. But it's the beginning of the season. We're not in sync. Um, A good one takeaway that I have from Bam which he played a pretty pedestrian game, and then you looked at the stat sheet, and he had 25 and 11. Like, I right. didn't see anything special from Bam. He, I mean, not, let me correct myself. Mid-range jumpers. We didn't see a lot of that. Like, early last season, we're seeing it now, and he's only going to get better. So that's a plus. But he, it didn't look like he was having a monster game. But 25 and 11, when he's not playing that all that well, is – a really encouraging sign to what he can do when he is playing well. He may creep into into like maybe a twenty point per game range this season if he can keep up the pace. Um, another very important thing: Duncan needs more looks. He took six jump shots the entire game, and he made half of them. Right. The Heat, and it's not just on Duncan. It's about the Heat players need to do a lot better in getting him open. Mm -hmm. Or they can't get him open, take advantage of the gravity that he causes in the game. Right. Right. Uh, Precious, like, Precious was encouraging. And I'm trying so hard to, like, to say that Kendrick will come back from whatever he's been going through, but I'm I'm hopping off this bandwagon very very soon if he can't get it going. <laughs> I'm I can't. I want to say I wanted to say he had COVID. Okay, he didn't play in the playoffs. Okay, that's fine. He picked it up in the finals. Okay, whatever. Comes back and he still hasn't shown anything. I know he played like what eight minutes, but missed the open layup. Like. We're looking at Justice Winslow right there. <laughs> right? I mean, that's all I got to right. say for this game. Yeah, I, I actually want to – I kind of want to touch on two things you said um, just because I, I felt them as well. Um, the first one was definitely that BAM mid-range shot. I mean, he's starting to look pretty sweet at that shot. And it's starting to remind me – you know, he, he is a young player dominating the league right now. Kind of reminds me a lot of uh, a Minnesota Timberwolves, Kevin Garnett. Um, back back in the day, uh, I mean, a lot of people remember Kevin Garnett for his Celtics years where he was a little slower and, you know, relied a lot more on like a, a jump shot and just blocking shots. But back when he, in Minnesota, you know, he was really mobile. He was, you know, 6'11", taking the ball up the court, getting, you know, feeding his teammates and, you know, playing that kind of tough defense that, he you know, he's known for. And, and Bam is starting to look more and more like that with this mid-range shot. Um, and, and I think right. that, like he's he's Mr. No Limits, you know, he's going to continue to get better. Um, but with that shot, it kind of turns him into, you know, he's going to be in talks of a top 10, 15 player in the NBA, uh, in my opinion, after this year. Um, so I, I love what I saw from him. Um, but the other thing about Kendrick Nunn um, that was just, you know, just kind of touched upon, you know, it, it's really tough for me to see because I was one of the f- first people on the Kendrick Nunn bandwagon last year. You know, he was. He was unconscious in the same way that Hero is. And we were really, really good when he was really good. You know, it was a direct correlation. Um, and he was, you know, supposed to be a part of our, you know, not only our team last year, but our future. And right now, I mean, he, he just looks lost in the same way he did in the playoffs. Um, and it's, he only played eight minutes a game, but that's obviously a function of, you know, how he's been in training camp. And my guess is it's not great. 
uh, because I'm sure Riley wants him on the floor as much as possible because uh, we're trying to trade him. It's not even a secret. Um, and the fact that he can only see eight minutes that are pretty pathetic minutes is it's it's discouraging to say the least. Yeah, once Avery right. Bradley gets on gets his conditioning or whatever's going on with him, and he gets into the rotation, you're not going to see Kendrick Nunn minutes at all. I don't I don't think so. No, no, because there's not there's not enough minutes to go around in the backcourt. You know, you have Tyler, you have Goron, you have Bradley. Goron, by the way, it looks like he never got hurt. Yeah, he looks so nice to see. He looked amazing last night. Like, where where does Kendrick Nunn fit in? Is my question. Like, it's it's all it's going to be very difficult to uh, move off of him and get an asset in return. Like, yeah, I mean, his, his value is too low right now. Yeah, you know, we can't trade him now. You know, but yeah, overall, I mean, you know, even after looking at it, I mean, I'm comfortable with this team. You know, obviously, you'll have the people that will come in and say, oh, like, we still need that one player to compete with Brooklyn and all them. And I do agree, you know, but at the same time, it's like right now, you know, I'm really comfortable when you see how this team is built. You know, I can definitely see us winning a lot of games even if we don't get a certain player like Harden. So with that being said, there's that. But one question I want to ask you guys is, moving forward, is there any change you want to see to the starting lineup perhaps for next game? Um, I, I mean, for me personally, uh, I want to see KZ. And I think a lot, of, a lot of us are in agreement that, you know, he's going to, you know, based on what we saw in the preseason and his G League highlights and just everything we know about him, his, he's a defensive monster, and he actually hits shots and creates some plays. And from what I saw last night from, from Harkless and then off the bench from Iguodala, I'm, I'm pretty confident. You know, maybe this is a hot take, but I'll say right now that I, I know KZ Akpala can be better than that um, and, a, and a way better fit for our team, um, seeing that he actually can create some offense. Um, so I would really like to see KZ eventually, you know, creep into the starting lineup and, and take those minutes away because I just know that – you know, the impact he has on both sides of the ball, you know, that's almost what we're missing right now. And I think, you know, when, once we lost Jay Crowder, we kind of needed someone to step up. And, and I really think it's it's going to end up being KZ season and not Harkless season. Yeah, I would like to see KZ in the rotation. Uh, as far as the starting lineup, I don't necessarily need him to start. Uh, a lot of Heat fans are panicking about Harkless and uh, – the, the foul trouble that he's uh, been uh, – the fouls that he's been accruing both in the preseason and last night. I'm not concerned about him. Uh, he's shown throughout his career to be a solid role player, a very good defender who can hit the occasional corner three. So I'm not concerned – I'm not overly concerned about him. But I would like to see Casey in the rotation, obviously. I think the the change that needs to be made is I, Tyler Hero needs to go back to the bench. I, I, I don't think – he's not – his ball handling isn't good enough to where he can be a starting point guard, in my opinion. And that's evidenced by the uh, amount of turnovers he had last night. So, Yeah, I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler, Tyler, he, like, the way I see it, he plays his best ball when he's next to Dragic. Yeah. And either you move Dragic into the lineup and take Duncan out, which I think is a very bad move because of the chemistry that Duncan and Bam have together. Yeah, Duncan and uh, Duncan has so that's the move. You sent Tyler back to the bench because he's not a point guard. He they want to try with him at point guard, even though they say Jimmy's a real point guard in this road in that lineup. But you saw his like loose handles. He made some questionable passes. Doesn't make. I don't right now at least. I don't see him being a starting point guard in the NBA. And um, on that KZ subject. I mean, we all know what's going on here. Like, if you really think about it, this is a Spo move to, like, to the max. Don't you think, like, that he goes from not playing a player zero minutes and then next thing you know, he's going to be the starting power forward for the rest of the season? <laughs> like, Spo goes just like that. I don't understand. Maybe it's what he just wants to get him to a certain point to where he can, you know, the word we always use, unleash him. Um. Yeah, I think he's one of those players that can really go from playing zero minutes to being a starter in the in the lineup. Yeah, that's a very great point. 
And uh, by the way, um, welcome to Miami Sports Junkie as well. Um, now he's in here. Um, so Junkie, we were just actually just talking about um the to last night's game with the Magic. Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I think uh, overall, uh, I saw a very poor performance from our team. Um, I would say essentially the uh, the backcourt. You know, Duncan did have some nice open looks, but uh, Tyler Hero is not a point guard. I heard somebody else say that. Um, for some reason, the Heat tend to do this, especially Spolstra, uh, play players out of position. Um, if you look back at the history of the team, I think we used uh, Chris Bosh as a center, and then we realized that didn't work. Um you know, we've other examples come to mind. Josh Richardson being a point guard. I mentioned that on Twitter today. Uh, you know, that didn't work out too well either. And now you see Tyler Hero, uh, a young stud. He's a really good player, but I don't think he's equipped with the ball handling skills like uh, the other gentleman was saying uh, that Goran Dragic has. So I think that all that came to fruition. I think uh, we still need to get a big man to play next to Bam that can shoot. And all those weaknesses were exposed against a bigger Magic team. And uh, we'll probably, hopefully, be able to correct some of those issues tomorrow. Well, I'm going to disagree with you for a second, Junkie, because Bosch at center did work. It was just... It was a liability against teams like the Pacers and the Spurs that had, you know, Tim Duncan and Roy Hibbert, but Aside from that, that was the lineup that defeated the the uh, OKC Thunder and the uh, Boston Celtics because they really couldn't match up with that. Kendrick Perkins was lost on an island. I actually think it was Bosch at power forward that didn't work because he was playing next to Joel Anthony, and I know you guys remember oh. he legend, Adrenas Ogauskas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, didn't we sign Birdman <laughs> because Bosch was playing out of position? Oh, we signed Birdman, yeah. we signed Eric Dampier, Jamal McGlure, Eddie Curry, Greg Oden. Signed everyone, man. Yeah. Getting the big guys. <laughs> Getting the big guys. Just keep bringing in big guys until you, something works. Dexter Pittman. <laughs> oh. I mean, he's so legend for doing what he did to We saw it in the finals. You know? Uh, I mean, Dexter Pittman's always going to have a special place in my heart. <laughs> But, uh, oh, but yeah, go ahead. See that? Oh, no, I was actually about to move on. See what you're going to okay. say? Uh, I'm going to say something that uh, a lot of Heat fans might not like, and that being that Tyler Hero might have to be the Manu Ginobili of this team. And by that, I mean his future might be as a sixth man who uh, closes out games because I, I just – I don't know if a, if a backcourt of – of him and Duncan Robinson starting together is uh, conducive to winning games. I think you need Hero to come off the bench, and then he can be in the finishing lineup with uh, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and whoever else. You're definitely right. I mean, for for sure, because I know, like, I know um, some people, especially chefs, truly, you know, they were all going on Twitter bringing up how certain players were able to have themselves a heck of a game whenever you had that backcourt of D-Rob and Hero. So I think, you know, if you could just put in maybe at t- have someone like Avery Bradley whenever he's ready in the lineup, you know, that could help. You know, what's the word I'm looking for? Amp up the um, defense regarding the backcourt. Yep. And there's, there's Heat fans who do acknowledge that the two of them together is a problem on defense, but uh, – a lot of them want uh, Duncan to come off the bench so Hero can start. and that, That's a bad one. That's yeah. a horrible, horrible idea. It is. <laughs> we'll just say how it is. Duncan Robinson is way more valuable in the starting lineup than Tyler Hero is. You can't You can't break up uh, Duncan and Bam. You just can't. No. You can't do it. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, when you look at the trade talks, we're – more on the idea of trading Hero compared to actually trading Robinson. Well, right. well I, I think I think there's more more to it than that. Just because I, I think we're realistic and realize that obviously with Bam off the table, we're not getting Harden without Hero. So I think that our goal is, right. is ultimately you know, let's try to keep Duncan, man. Let, if we get Harden, we're going to need a floor spacer, 
and he's he's a win now type guy more so in my opinion than hero yep um but but i think another thing that mm-hmm. is important while we're on the topic of, of hero is just you know chef truly actually tweeted that um fournier shot 75 percent of the field from the field last night um when he when guarded by either duncan or hero uh and that is a problem, um, but I think that ultimately the spacing that Duncan provides is 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 kind of compensates for the defensive potential liability. But with Hero, I agree with you guys. Um, I think that he's a, he's an elite player off the bench, kind of like a Lou Will type energy. Um, and for now, at being 20 years old, for him to do that for a team is something we should be proud of, and and not you know knocking him for potentially you know not being ready to start at the one on an NBA team. Um, but I think he's going to improve in the ball handling and the passing. Um, so we'll, we'll see what, what what we can get from Hero down the line. But, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, not taking yeah. anything away from him. It's just the, the defensive concerns, you know? Definitely. I mean, he'd be well, awesome starting next to John Wall. That's why I use the example. We, we, did it, we did the same thing with Josh Richardson. We we played him out of position when uh, when we were going to trade him for, for Jimmy back in 2018. And his ball handling skills were not there. And we try to make him into the primary ball handler. And I think the results proved themselves. And we had a very bad record during that stretch. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. <coughs> so, anyways, so, anyways, is there anything you guys want to say about this team as we move forward with this season? Uh yeah. Um, oh, you can go ahead. No, I mean I was just gonna I was gonna say ultimately let's just be patient, guys. Um, there's a lot of panicking going on when we see trade rumors for Harden. Um, when we hear that Harden is no longer you know being spoken about, I mean there's a lot of panicking. But ultimately, we just made the finals. We're still young, and we we just added Precious. Um, and we're gonna get to see KZ kind of ball this year. So I, I think we should just. Take it easy. Really enjoy the, the growth of this team. Uh, and just know that come deadline time, or maybe even sooner, if, if Pat Riley thinks that this team is not in a championship contending position, he's going to fix that. That's what Pat Riley does. And I think that we just have to have the trust at this point in the organization that, you know, this is the team we have on the floor. It's got a lot of potential. Um, and if we don't end up making a big move, then we think that that's the best interest of the franchise, clearly. And if you got Pat Riley and Ellisberg kind of making those decisions, we just need to trust them. Um, at this point, I just trust what they do. So let's just enjoy the year. That, that's kind of my only thing, um, just not to overreact at little losses and, and just be excited for what we got. Right. Anyone else? Right, I'll go. Um, patience is a – like he's like he just said, patience is the key right now. We – I can't for sure say we're going to win against the Pelicans. I can't because I see another, if we stay like this, I see probably another guard, Bonzo, Eric Bledsoe, exploding for more points than they should have. Um, so patience. The only thing I don't have patience for is I, I, can't, I can't keep seeing Kelly Olenek and Kendrick not on the floor when they're not producing Jack, Jack squad. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't understand how Kelly Olenek did you guys see the extended run he got in the fourth quarter I don't understand it (laughs) (laughs) mind-boggling the only explanation for Kelly Olenek getting in many minutes is what they're trying to showcase you're right but five points in 20 minutes you can't tell me KZ doesn't do better than that at least yeah, the, pro- the problem is when you have players that, like Kelly Olynyk and Robinson, is, you know, people always talk about, like, Harden's defense, and I'm just using Harden as an example. Now, his offense overcompensates for his defense, right? So when you look at players like Olynyk and Hero, if they're not producing heavily on the offensive side of the ball, you know, they're a huge liability on the court. And that's what I see. Um, I'm not panicking. You know, I, I said this today on the chat. But, you know, I think that if you do want to be a championship contender, you need to get teams like the Magic and the Pelicans, and you need to dominate them. You need to clean, step on their throat, and beat them up. 
And that's not what I saw yesterday. I'm hoping I see that on Friday. You know, that's true. I mean, you know, the, I mean, I wasn't going to be mad about the loss. I mean, obviously, I wish we won. You know, one thing that I think, you know, kind of sucked is that you know how other fans are. Oh, the Heat, oh, the apparent Eastern Conference champions, you know, oh, they lost to a team like the Magic. You know, like that was something, you know, I wasn't, you know, excited to hear about. So obviously with stuff like that, you wish the Heat won. But for me personally, I'm not too worried. I know it will take time for this team to get in sync. So I feel like, you know, it's like what you guys said, like just patience, you know, just let them continue to connect and we'll see what happens. But doesn't that contradict what Pat Riley said? What? He he said at the beginning of the year in his press conference that continuity was the biggest uh, thing that this team had, you know, that they were going to, grab that continuation from the finals run and bring it into 2021. And I- Oh, yeah, definitely. Pat's, Pat can't be happy with this magic loss at all. Oh, that's for sure. And all hell, I mean, on Twitter, we're talking about Twitter, all hell's going to break loose if we lose to the Pelicans. <laughs> especially on yeah, Christmas especially, We have what, I think uh, Eric Reed on TV said a stat, we have like seven Christmas wins in a row or something like that. It's, so it's possible. Yeah, Zion can, and uh, Ingram look good. Luck. Yeah, it's a very it's a very losable game. Like especially if our guys can't clean up the most important thing part of the game, the turnovers. I also think we have yeah, a major. and the Pelicans will dominate. They'll dominate the turnovers because they got Zion in transition. We just can't do that again. And it's a, and Lonzo, very underrated transition player. And a very uh, size advantage for New Orleans with uh, Stephen Adams and Zion. That that might be a problem for us as well. Right, because Bam is going to have to right. get one of them, but who's the other person going to – the defender going to be? I could see somebody like Precious maybe getting a few extra minutes in there. I'm wondering. And then there's – they got like Jackson Hayes yes. too, yeah. right? Yeah, but I'm not a, I'm not a very – I know he's big. I'm, I'm, not on the, I'm not worried about Jackson Hayes. I'm just wondering who's going to guard right. Zion to to start the game. I feel like it's going Harkless. to be Harkless. Didn't that happen in the preseason? It's probably going to be Harkless here. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be game, a mix of uh, Harkless, Iguodala, Bam. Zion, Zion should Jimmy. should exploit that matchup. Taking off that Knicks rust. That's what he's doing. He's taking off the rust. <laughs> Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Yeah, as long as he doesn't rub all that rust on us. <laughs> it's like I told you guys earlier. I'm not worried about him. He's he's been solid throughout his career, but he'll be fine. I don't. I honestly don't see him starting much longer. That's my personal opinion. But he'll be in the rotation. He'll be fine. Yep. Well, with regards to the uh, the power forward position, that was a name I brought up like uh, several times in the Heat versus World chat, and that's uh, Otto Porter Jr. Oh Who, god! Uh, <laughs> right, that that contract. Horrible yeah. contract. Horrible that contract. It's for one year though, and you can you can you can match it by sending uh uh Olenek and uh Iguodala to to Chicago. But you can make that same case for trading for a Victor Oladipo, and right. like, and right. moving the the backcourt offense. I mean defense. Right, but if Oladipo if Oladipo is Oladipo again. Do we realistically have the assets? We do have – I think we have a few first-round picks, yes, but do we have – obviously, Hero and Duncan are not being tra- traded in that deal, so. I mean, yeah, you're right. traded in that deal. No, I don't um, know. No, there's he, no chance, not for Oladipo. No. If the, he, if the Heat are afraid they're going to lose them for nothing? The, the Heat – I'm confident the Heat will resign Duncan. Because you can't, yeah. it's 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 very difficult to replace a shooter like that. Fair. And they made him. They made him from nothing. Right. To be honest, I I connected with Duncan Robinson on LinkedIn like three years ago because he was trying to make it in the business world. <laughs> I mean, he he really had did not realize he'd become an NBA caliber player. And, and you know, he kind of imprinted on us, and we imprinted on him. You know, we we're the team that made him who he is. 
Uh, and I, I think, you know, we're going to have to pay him. And, you know, Joe Harris just got like a, I believe like three years, 64 mil or yeah. something around those lines where he's getting like 15, 16 a year. Uh, and we're just going to have to accept that Duncan deserves that. And he's going to have to get paid that. Um, but I, I don't think that, right. that that's not a guy we're trying to lose unless we're getting a Harden type player. Duncan, I mean, Duncan. the easiest path to, to re-signing Duncan and being able to compete for a championship would be via trade, right? You take yeah. in a player like, let's, let's hypothetically bring Harden to the heat for Tyler Hero, Iguodala, Kelly, whatever, but not Duncan. Then you, you're at the cap, but Mickey has always said if it's a championship team, he will pay over the luxury tax, no problem. So you can sign Duncan Robinson over the cap. That's the only way you can sign – you can get an all-star player and re-sign Duncan Robinson. Duncan, well, that's a really, Duncan's that's a really good point. That's a really good point. And, you know, I think that's why a trade this year is so realistic because you got other guys on your bird rights like uh, Goran Dragic, you know, apart from Duncan, that you really want to retain. So you would have to essentially rescind their rights if you want any chance at creating a max slot for next season. Uh, Drogic isn't a, a bird rights kind of deal, isn't he? Isn't it a team option? That's going to get declined. I mean, yeah, if somebody's available out there, that's definitely getting declined. But if the only way mm-hmm. I see Miami picking up Drogic's option is if they strike out on every single person that they want to get. Or if they mm-hmm. trade for a guy. Or if they want to use him in a trade. Yeah. Duncan, Duncan will get upwards of $20 million. A season, yeah. Joe Harris got four seventy five. So Duncan Robinson is six eight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and frankly, he deserves all that money just because he has made himself indispensable to this team, and it's not fair to uh, Max Trust to try to compare him to <laughs> Duncan Robinson. It's not fair. It's not fair. To, it's not even not fair to Duncan. It's not fair to Max. What I like about Duncan, I saw yesterday again, was you know when he takes the ball up the court and you know he does a nice little layup, or I think he even had a dunk in the preseason. The lob to yeah. Bam. He's expanding his game. Yeah, and honestly, I love seeing him drive because it gets the defense every single time. All, you know, they're watching their film, preparing for the game. They, they are, their coaches are telling them, "Stay up on this man. He ain't gonna drive." And then every time he does, he's he's wide open for a layup. And he's got a nice little touch. He's got a nice little uh, some style in that finger roll too. So it's it's always good to see. Yeah. Well, with regards to the uh, the Otto Porter Jr. thing, uh, he's a very good three point shooter. He's a way better shooter than Crowder, like. Last season in the bubble was the best we've ever seen Crowder shoot, and that that was more likely than not an aberration. So, yeah, yeah there was some aggression to the mean too. Right. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I was just saying, and, and, you know, not only was it the best he's ever shot, but there was regression to the mean heavily. Yeah, you know, in the Celtics and, and Lakers series. Yep. And I was trying to say, you saw what Jay Crowder did last night with the Suns. I'm pulling up the stats right now. He only had four points. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't good last night. He shot 16% from the field. Yeah, but Which... they, they did not set him up at all. And that's where I think Miami gets the best out of players. Exactly. Jay Crowder is not going to have another season like he did with Miami because Miami's so good, especially Jay Crowder playing against, next to a shooter like Duncan. It gets him a lot more open looks. Yeah. Well, what, what people need to understand is that Crowder – is he's a he's a rhythm shooter. He plays best in a in a ball movement type of offense, like the offense uh, Miami had last year, and uh, with the Boston Celtics with Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. Like he's a catch and shoot guy on a team sure. on a team when he was traded to Cleveland from Boston. He was he was way worse because uh, that was an isolation style uh, team. You know, it, it was LeBron driving kick Crowder. Crowder plays best in an offense with, with a lot of movement from side to side. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good observation. And, right. and the thing is for me, um, the only reason I'm against a guy like Otto Porter is, you know, I, I see the importance in needing to bring in a defensive oriented player um, when you, when you are starting guys like hero and Duncan. So I really would like to bring in, if we're bringing in anyone, um, a defensive, more defensive oriented guy, 
Um, it, you know, it might have to be the buyout market. Maybe we do make a deal. Uh, but we got to address the defense um, because, you know, if, if you remember the beginning of last year, uh, before we made that Winslow trade, defense was a problem for us. It, it was a real problem for us until we brought in Crowder and Iggy. Um, but for, for right now, with Iggy not playing too well, um, we need Harkless to step up. Um, and I think, you know, he's a consistent player. He's a good role player. But if he doesn't, that's when I'm going to say, we, you know, we need to make a move. I actually have a, a thought on the move. Um, right. Everybody on the probably going to go nuts. What does everybody think of potentially adding Andre Drummond at the deadline? No, no. Oh, no, please, God. God, no, I don't <laughs> want to go through Hassan Whiteside again. Not, un- not, unless, not unless he's coming off the bench. It doesn't. I like it. The Drummond off the bench idea is kind of nice, though. I mean, he would just come in and dominate and then, you know, not really disrupt the offense at all. Right. How, how much is he making and how much is he going to expect to make? Right. In, th- in theory, he's nice coming off the bench, but how many? Like, if we're rental. talking about the it's player and not the contract, okay. If he's coming it's off the rental. bench, if he if he's coming off the bench, it becomes a minutes thing, because he's obviously playing behind Bam Adebayo, so he's not going to get too many minutes. He'll probably he'll get fifteen or so in the playoffs. Okay, another name for you guys: Blake Griffin, if he's healthy. That makes a little bit more sense if he's healthy. If he- the thing is, in preseason, he, he, he I don't know. I think I think Blake has lost his explosiveness. But I think he's become a better passer because of it. Oh, yeah. oh definitely. And, shoot. and this is that's something that would work in the Heat offense. He was shooting 37% from three, uh, and he took the Pistons to the playoffs two years ago before he got injured. Yeah, but he was he he was bad this he was bad last year, so I'll I'll need to see. Uh, what he's able to do this this season before you know coming to a decision like that. Right. Here's another name for the guard position for you, you guys: Demar Derozan. No. <laughs> See, I would love it. Um, I, I think I'm in the minority because I know he doesn't shoot threes. I, I totally get it. Um, I'm pretty sure he had like 29, nine and nine last night, something like that. Yes. The man produces. Yes. And if you put him on the bench, coming off the bench. That man is going to electrify the offense every single time against the other team's bench, and it gives us a, such an advantage that, you know, I think he'd be, he could be gotten for cheap, um, kind of like similar to maybe what this kind of Oladipo would be going for in an open market. Uh, I would love to see us bring in DeRozan. If he accepted a six-man role, I'd be all for it. I'd be all for it. Chem- chemistry's always been a thing with yeah. Miami, and DeRozan's one of Jimmy's closest guys. I could see it. I could see him and Jimmy playing at the same time. I, I don't. Li- I don't like him as a starter. Uh, I can see him as a closer, not a starter, but a closer. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely not a starter. So, anyways, so I feel like we've addressed all that. So, last, I want to talk about this James Harden situation because it feels like things just get more interesting every day. So. As you guys know, yesterday there was the reports about how the Thunder game got canceled, Thunder and Rockets. And I know they said it's a haircut thing, but I feel like they're just saying that to cover up for James Harden. And I feel like a trade should happen soon. I mean, what do you guys feel about Well, firstly, this? I think Harden uh, should be uh, – I think Adam Silver is being too soft on Harden, to be honest. He gave him a $50,000 fine with no suspension. That just – that's just uh, caving into the superstar. He suspended uh, Daniel House for uh, the same thing. So, but with regards to trading for Harden, right. uh, if it's it's something that it's something that I think you just have to do because uh, even last night, uh, Jimmy Butler, he was just he just looked spent. Like he, you need to you need to get him some offensive help, and James Harden is a pro- is a proven superstar. Uh, like. The Twitter, the Twitter narratives don't move me at all. I would, I would, I would trade for him in an instant if, if I would trade, I would trade uh, Hero and Robinson if it, if it really, if it really came down to that. I mean, I don't feel like he's worth Hero and Robinson now because of everything that's happened. I mean, I don't know. At least that's how I feel. Where it's like at the point where his value did somewhat drop. So with that in mind, I just can't see now the idea of my of Houston realistically saying, 
oh, like you definitely have to give us. Mm-hmm. I think Robinson. I think um, you know, Joel, you're having the the media create a narrative for you. Um, I think that if he was essentially playing for a team that he really wanted to play for, which obviously he's not right now, he'd probably avoid going to those events, in my opinion. Um, I think that he's just trying to make it known that, okay, I'm going to stay here, but you guys aren't being realistic on your offers and what you're willing to accept. So I'm going to keep acting out until you find me a trade partner. I mean, a trade's got to happen soon, right? Like maybe within a week. Like, here's what I think. I think if Miami trades for Harden, it takes place after the Heat's Christmas Day game because Harden is under quarantine right now, and that's the and that ends the day after the Heat play the Pelicans. And Miami's next game isn't right, until and also, the 29th. Also, a Chua so can't they be traded like, until the 26th. Right. So with that being said, it's like you make the trade after that Christmas Day game, and then what happens is not only do you get Harden, and not only is he out of quarantine, but you, hopefully he can play for that game on the 29th against the Bucks, assuming that he's had enough time to settle in, get with the team, and potentially make his debut on that uh, game. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely hear that. Um, my opinion, though, is that if we were, if we were that close to a deal, um, we would have made it already um, before the season. Um, I, I actually am on the on the on, you know I'm on the Harden bandwagon. I, I genuinely believe we're going to acquire him at some point. Um, but I think right now he's playing his his disgruntled superstar card really well. Um, you know we've seen it a couple times recently. Um, you know even Jimmy in, in Minnesota. Um, obviously he channeled his anger differently. Um, but you know he did what he had to do. You know Anthony Davis with the with the that's all folder. I mean there, there's been players that have been disgruntled that still end up getting traded for, you know, a sizable package. Um, but I think Harden's done. Um, I do think a trade will come in the next maybe month or two. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we're not the only, you're not the only competitors. Um, I do think the Sixers, you know, I, I know there's been some talks of, of them, including Simmons, not including Simmons. I think ultimately um, they would include Simmons in the right package. Um, maybe even a one for one swap if, if they're not doing great in a month. Um, and there's other teams as well. I've you know seen you know the Raptors maybe dangling Pascal Siakam. Um, so we're we're gonna have to wait this thing out. Um, let his let his value continue to, to decline because at this point I don't even see him playing games for the Rockets this year. Uh, he seems to be checked out. Um, but I, I think we're gonna ultimately be able to get him um, at the right price that Pat Riley is you know willing and ready to pay. Um, but you know it, it, the argument goes both ways. Um, obviously, you know, I, I remember back in the day when we had Karan Butler and Lamar Odom and the people that really know Karan Butler was Wade before Wade was Wade. He was like that rookie that was lighting the world on fire, ready to save the heat from a few years of, you know, irrelevance. And then we just we just w- went up and traded him and, you know, a young and really good Lamar Odom and picks and Brian Grant for Shaq. And it got a lot of it got a lot of uh, pushback from the fans because. We were in love with that 2003, you know, 2002, 2003 team um, and, and thought they could continue to grow. But it's just a move that you have to make and, and one that Pat Riley has and will make. Well, let me say this. If we somehow get Harden and we don't trade Duncan Robinson, it has to be considered one of the biggest heists in NBA history because Tyler Hero is not an all-NBA player, or at least not yet. Like – if the Sixers put up Ben Simmons, that's that's at least an All NBA player who's uh, who's under twenty five years old. So if if we manage to get Harden without training Duncan Robinson, that that has to be considered a huge win. And if I, I would I would honestly trade both KZ and uh, Precious if it meant uh, keeping Duncan Robinson, because in an offense with James Harden, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo, his his already high value is just going to skyrocket. Right. Right. And this is this is about timelines. You know, when you look at, you know, you you brought Jimmy here. You know, Jimmy came here because we have a history of of making the big swing for the fences. And, you know, I think the ball right now is on Riley's court. I think that you're going to see. Essentially, he tried to do that last year when he tried to acquire Gallinari. 
along with Iguodala and Jay Crowder. Um, you know, I think he's going to swing for the fences again. And, you know, these type of players don't come off available that often, you know, and you have the opportunity to add an MVP, multi-time scoring champ, you know, just a straight top five, top six player, top 10 player, whatever you want to call it to this team. I think that you don't miss out on those opportunities. I mean, question, like, how long, if you're Houston, are you planning on oh. keeping James Harden this season? Oh, yeah. I feel like to it's be honest, only I think it's going to drag. Like, I'm, I'm one of the few that probably thinks it's going to drag out. If you're the Houston GM, you don't want to be the guy that traded Harden for peanuts just because Harden is trying to force his way out. You don't want to be that guy. Nobody's offering what Harden is worth, if we're, be- if we're being honest. Like, his true value is a lot more than what's being offered. But by trying to drive his price down, by keep trying to drive his price down, I mean, it's like, I think the, the GM's going to hold still for, for a little bit. For, I think somebody here said maybe a month or two. I think that's very possible. I think it, it could go into the deadline, just with Harden keep making trouble. Who knows? Well, if that happens, I wonder which teams. Right. I wonder which teams are. I think yesterday might have been the tipping point. Aside from Philly, I mean, Boston—they could do it, but you, we all we all know Danny Ainge doesn't have the guts to make that kind of trade. And then yeah, Danny Ainge scared. He's not. He's not going to Boston. <laughs> Toronto. Exactly. And he's Toronto not going to Boston up, because of Toronto giving up Pascal and having what Harden, Van Vliet, and Lowry. I don't see the fit. Uh, uh, well, with, with, with regards to Toronto, he's not going to – he wouldn't stay there. And it, even getting him, it's not – I don't think it, – it, it, it doesn't guarantee a title or anything. Uh. I mean, yeah, because, like, you look at Siakam, I mean, and they look at him that with the potential that he's going to be a young superstar. So – why would you potentially give that up for a player who you know yeah, right. will Siakam is a really good a player when he's not playing Bam. He's a really good player. Yeah. And that he's improving his three-point shot. I don't he's a first he was a starter the first time he was selected an All-Star. The fans clearly are behind him. Like I don't there's no way he gets traded for Harden. I don't I really don't think so. Yep. You look at Brooklyn, you know, they got Spencer Dinwiddie, Lavert. Um, I believe Dinwiddie's on the last year of his contract. I, I could see Houston looking more for, you know, like a Michael Porter Jr. Brooklyn. or a hero, uh, you know, because <clears throat> cost control is very important for them right now. They don't want to be a tax team. And, you know, essentially they know they're not going to be winning anything with Wall and Cousins. So... I could see them looking for more cost. Brooklyn doesn't contracts. need Harden. If they if they That's try to get Harden, it's, it's greed more so than anything else. I mean, right now Brooklyn has what two superstars and a lot of depth. Yeah, Are they really going to sacrifice that depth just to add a third All Star? Brooklyn will have a top three offense without Harden. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, they're a title favorite. Like, I mean, I know it's a one game sample size. If they keep playing like that, they're a title favorite what they, without Harden. What they really need is like an Aaron Gordon type. And you can trade uh, a Spencer Dinwiddie for that. Yeah, I mean, you, we all saw the right. game. I mean, they don't need anything. Yep. Right now, they are championship ready. I just um, and, and, you know, bringing in a guy yeah, like Harden, yeah. that could really stifle them up. I mean, that's three of the most ball-dominant guys in the NBA. Uh, and I think Harden and Kyrie are much better at not having the ball than Harden. I do. So I think right. you'd have a really big issue there. I do think actually. I do think come playoff time Brooklyn will need either a defensive 4 or 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 or, or 5 because yeah. Jared Jar- they don't they don't trust Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan he's not it. So yeah, Brooklyn's going to need to make a move but they're going to need to make a small move, not one of these home run moves yeah, where, really, like Dane not Hart. a whale. They don't need a whale. They don't need a whale. Miami makes more sense to me. Even I don't. I don't think they would want to. I don't think they would want to add a guy like Harden. You know, having a guy like Kyrie, I just think it's too much personality right. on that team. And they, 
they're not going to want to like break up the chemistry. You know, Durant and Kyrie talked about joining and they were in agreement. And I know Durant wants Harden. Essentially, that's what's being said. But I just can't Bro, see them. And there's, a, there's only really one or two teams in the entire league that can handle personalities. That's Miami and what San Antonio. Brooklyn, Brooklyn can get a whale, but Harden, Harden just isn't the right whale for them. Bradley, Bradley Beal would be a way better fit there than, than James. Right. Harden. They don't need another alpha, which is that's what it comes down to. Yeah. They need a beta. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The one team who uh, people are overlooking is the Denver Nuggets. Actually, you know what? If he goes to Denver, in my opinion, as long as he goes, like, listen, so obviously the best case scenario for us is he goes to Miami. The second best scenario in which he doesn't come to Miami is if he was to go to the West instead. I'd rather have him go there instead of coming to the East if he can't go to a team besides Miami. If he goes to Denver, they're right there with the Lakers. Yeah, you just you just let Harden and company fight For it out sure. with the Lakers, and then we just take whoever. If we were to make the finals or something like that, don't have to worry about them in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I mean, while we're while we're entertaining this thought, what's a realistic Denver Nuggets package look like? Because I'm thinking right now, off the top of my head, they're going to have to include either Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray. Um, Michael Porter Jr. and, Bo- and Bobo. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're willing to part with Michael Porter Jr. To be quite honest, um, especially I mean, he dropped twenty four, I think, um, last night. And that man's just good, and he's yeah. he's showing to be the guy that you know was a five star top recruit in his class going into college where he got hurt. I mean, he's really proving he's the man. I, honestly, I just think Denver is going to grow organically. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't you know they got Jamal Murray, and I don't. He had a bad game yesterday, but you know that guy could ball too. So. <laughs> You don't see you don't see a team like Denver making these types of moves ever, because I think Denver is going to keep their young core together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the it's not in their personality and like their management style to swing for something like this. This is this has like this has Miami written all over it, but it's just a matter yep. of when the Houston GM. I still don't know his name, and I really don't care. Is gonna fake Daryl Morey, Raphael Stone, Raphael Stone. <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> he, whenever he decides to bend a little bit, because right now he's standing pat. He's just standing firm. Well, I I would say as much as I want him to come to Miami, the the fact that he worked under Morey, that could either be a good thing or a bad thing. That's all I'm gonna say. If I were the Sixers, I, if I were the Sixers, I'd make the deal. Right. Just oh, easily. Based on easily. Just based on based on what I saw last night, because I mean, if you, even with the uh, the the uh, improvement in shooting that they made in the offseason, Simmons and Embiid just occupy the same spots on the floor. So, yeah, and if you think about it, some of the most successful pairings in league history have been an elite offensive guard and yeah. a big man. You're yeah. looking at you know Magic and Kareem, Kobe, Shaq, Wade, Shaq. You know, LeBron's not a guard, but he's a, a ball-dominant, you know, yeah. elite offensive guy with AD. I'm looking at Harden and Embiid, and I'm, I'm thinking that's a way more intimidating duo than Simmons and Embiid. I, I'm thinking that's a disgusting team in the making. Um, and if they just got a couple of good guys around them, that's, that's a team that I, I, I genuinely believe could win the East. And, and right now, I just don't think they can win the East. So I think that, you know what, maybe it makes sense for them to make that move. I, I think, though, it's not being reported enough that him essentially pairing himself with Jimmy, which he wanted Jimmy in Houston, and with Bam, is a big three. And I think that is has to be attracted to Harden. You know, him seeing that Miami just made it to the finals with a bunch of rookies and, and Jimmy and Bam and Goron. And that has to be attracted to him as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that would fit perfectly. And someone joked about, oh, if Harden and Butler were teammates, the games would never end because all they would do is shoot free throws. But also, you know how so... Harden has this playoff like thing where they say he he just doesn't show up. Well, Jimmy shows up, so Harden can do stuff for three quarters. Jimmy picks up the second, the fourth, and that's that's a well-functioning machine. You know, they're really they're really the perfect duo when you think about it. Because whatever 
hard and lack of intangible. And, and if you want to talk about duos, Bam and Harden. Yeah. Woo! People don't talk a lot about Woo! it. The Bam rolls, and Harden. It would, it, would, it would make Bam a better offensive player. Yep. Exactly. Like, I, I understand if you hate Harden as a play, like, you know, his play style and his personality and whatnot, but there's no, there's no basketball reason not to want Harden. None whatsoever. Right. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little ball dominance. Like the Heat don't really have ball dominant people. Jimmy's not even a ball dominant guy like that, like that, like that. No. So there's nothing wrong with a little ball dominance. And then, and I'm sure he'll buy into the Miami culture. So, well, didn't they, I come out I that know. the Rockets have the worst culture in the NBA over the off season? I'm in the Clippers. Yeah, because they let their stars run wild. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that Harden would have to get used to. I mean, he's been running wild and doing what he wants in Houston. Um, and he, he's been successful, but obviously coming to Miami, I mean, I, I can see the first conversation if, if he were to come here between him and Pat being, you know, not the best conversation. Because I, I feel like Pat Riley is going to say, hey, listen, buddy, we're here to win. We're going to win, but you need to drop like 15 pounds. <laughs> I don't think that's going to go that well. But, but do you- um, I mean, there- do you think he wants to be like another Carmelo? <laughs> well, I mean, or like Charles Barkley, you know, amazing player, but no championship rings. So that way, everybody can hold that over his career. Well, and I, I don't think. He and wants I think that. I think the real conversation between about having to buy into the culture and you're going to have to do this our way is not between Pat and Harden. It's going to be between Jimmy and Harden. Jimmy is an extension of Pat Riley. The way he acts, the way he does things, Jimmy is Pat Riley. So that's where the conversation is going to be at. I don't think Pat has to say anything. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I mean, yeah, because I mean, they're, I mean, haven't they been in contact to one another throughout? I, I assume so. I make, I make jokes I a lot was... that, that Harden's calling Jimmy asking, like, how, how, how can I get myself out? Like, what, what, what stuff do I have to do to get out of here? And I mean, I don't think that's really happening, but they are in in contact. I think. Yeah, but I, I think that what, what, what we were just talking about, the players would hold Harden accountable. I, I actually fully agree. I mean, if you're looking at this roster, every you know we're not the 2000 you know 16 17 Heat where we got guys like Whiteside and you know Dion Waiters. You know we've moved past ah, that, that and, and we finally out. like we've reached we've kind of reached like culture acu- actualization. Like, this is it. You know, every player bought in, every player diving for loose balls. I think if we got Harden, you know, his peers would, would keep him kind of in line and keep him giving 100% effort every Udonis game. Has so. yeah. Udonis has him. Udonis has him. But show up to Tootsie's at 3 in the morning and grab Harden by the hair and pull him out of there. <laughs> yeah, like you, saw, like you saw in the Jordan documentary, he had to go out to Las Vegas <laughs> and get Rodman. Jimmy's, Jimmy's doing that with Harden. He's pulling him out. Get him out of 11. Straight- Straight from 3 a.m. in the strip club, straight to the gym. <laughs> I don't. I don't think him buying in would be a problem. Like some people. It, it I, again, that's a, that's another one of those Twitter narratives that I just. I agree. I don't. I don't buy into that. If Miami's on his list, and that means he knows what's up. He talks to Jimmy. He knows what the culture is. He's willing to to be a part of it. Correct. Right. So anyway, I feel like we've covered a lot. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Um, I'll just, I'll just say this to the end: get Kendrick Nunn the hell off my team. <laughs> <laughs> get Myers Leonard the hell off my team. If you're gonna make get Kelly Olynyk the hell off my team. If you're, not, if you're gonna make just, no, nine million dollars, just and not just get Kelly Olynyk the hell off my court. That's it. I don't need him playing in the fourth quarter. <laughs> We haven't even talked about Andre Iguodala. We could have a whole episode on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could. Whole episode. For a veteran, having that many turnovers, I don't. He looks shot, man. And it's sad to see because he actually brought so much to our <laughs> team in the playoffs. But he's given me, like, last year of his career, Shane Battier vibes or, like, Richard Lewis on the E vibes. Just, like, completely yeah. shot. And, yeah. I, and I hate to say he's that. And, here, and here's the thing. Now that 2021 is out of the cards, we might have to pick up the team option. I'm pretty sure that was 
part of the agreement. If oh. we didn't get a star, we would pick up the team option for Iggy. Oh, no. I mean... Yeah, we could just we'll keep him out of rotation we'll to the playoffs. He showed up in the playoffs. He'll be fine. He's great against LeBron. I think he'll be gone one way or another this year. This year? Oh, it yeah. I mean, it depends on his contract is a big part of any trade. Yeah, I mean, essentially, Pat Riley bought him another uh, two years, $30 million, you know, when he was already basically close to retirement. I think he was already, like, working a job and everything, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point. If we try. I, that's what Pat uh, Riley gave people all these extra one years to use them specifically for trades. Yeah. And that includes Iggy. That, that's another name I just remembered, LaMarcus Aldridge. Right. You'd be Spurs nice. don't make trades. They don't make in-season trades. I'm they not, do I not do make not. trades. The, Spur, the Spurs need to realize that that this this that, that this isn't going to work. Yeah, that's why. And any like the Mar Derozan scenario, like I put out <laughs> earlier, that's going to be free agency. It's not going to be in the trades. Yeah, like, I agree. Derozan and Aldridge will both will both re- will both sign with other teams next season anymore. What's crazy is the Lakers and Clippers. I think with all the extensions they've given out. You know, basically, capped themselves out. You know. Yeah. I thought he, I thought the Rosen would probably join one of the two, but I don't think it's possible now. No, no, it isn't. Barring like sign and trade or something. And he he wasn't a good fit on the Lakers anyway. Like the Clippers, he right. would have been a very good fit, but. And Popovich does not want Kuzma. I guarantee you that. No, Popovich. <laughs> Popovich compared him. <laughs> Popovich compared Kuzma to Manu, bro. Like Pop- Popovich is washed. <laughs> That's egregious, man. Kuzma's got to be my least favorite player in the NBA. I really, you no. know, he doesn't. He he went off against us, obviously, um, in the finals, just because that's you know sometimes how it goes for the Heat. But overall, he just he's trash. Yeah, he's. I have my my three players. I want to say them really fast. It's gonna be Alex Caruso, Matthew Deladova, and T.J. McConnell. Jesus. Scrappy <laughs> white point guard. <laughs> but anyways, so but yeah, is, does anyone else have anything to say or um there's good? a question I actually want to put out real quick if any of you guys want. Uh what do you want to see from the heat in the second game in Christmas? I, w- I would love to see that kind of ball movement that we fell in love with last year um, where our offense was honestly poetry um, pretty much all of last year, um, you know, with the kind of like the screen and handoffs and just guys just wide open almost every play. Um, that That's kind of what it was last year, poetry in motion. Um, we definitely didn't see that last night because um, we were out of sync. So I would like to see some more synchronization and, and some more, you know, succinct ball movement. That That would make me happy. Really, what what I would like to see is an improved Tyler Hero game. Whether he's starting at point guard again or coming off the bench, with uh, cut, cut down on those turnovers, you know. I just want to see a good game, you know. Just in a nice blowout <laughs> game, just for Christmas, you know. I I don't know if it will happen. Yeah, I want to yeah. see. That'd I want to nice. see dominance. I want to see us. Take the Pelicans off the court in the second quarter. Yeah, it'd be nice to not sweat one for once. All right, because the only reason Pelicans are yeah. basically getting this spot is because of um Zion. So you know, I mean, if we're gonna face them, you know, at least dominate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But anyways. So, does anyone else? I have guess if we don't get Harden, look out for uh, Oladipo and uh, Zach Levine at the trade deadline. Zach would be nice, man. Zach would be a guy that we would have to give a, up a lot for, but he's young. He's so potent offensively. I mean, he would be a great fit next to bit next to, to Bam and Jimmy as well. That would be sick. Yeah, he, he would be the best isolation scorer on the team day one. I, That would be really nice. The 
the Bulls, the Bulls are going to blow this up. I mean, so any, yeah, this is this is this is it for Zach. Eventually, yeah. Maybe Lori Markin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, Zach Levine doesn't fit into their future plans. Oh yeah, and yeah, their their timetable is up on him. You know, he's already getting up there, and, and not old, but he he's not a young young player anymore, and and they have no potential at this point. So, yeah, their best move is to blow that up, get some picks, get some young players, because um, I I do think that you know Patrick Williams has some potential, Lori Markin has some potential, Wendell Carter is, is is nice at times, but yeah, Levine's gonna end up going to contender. Would be real nice if it was us. Right. So, is this anyone else have anything else to say, or just a happy holidays to everyone? Yeah, know? happy holidays. Oh, yeah. Well, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Let's hope twenty twenty one is is better than twenty twenty. <laughs> For sure. It was nice talking all sure. of you guys. <laughs> Likewise, hope we can do this again soon, guys. For sure, for sure. Thank you all for listening. Have a happy holidays, and we'll see you on the next episode of Heat vs. the World.